Welcome. Welcome, St. Louis City fans, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and joining me in our studios in Southern Illinois is our own homegrown signing, producer Mason. How are you doing today, Mason? Uh, doing good. Uh, managed to <laughs> create an entire new studio space in 30 minutes, so feeling proud about something this week, at least. And hooray for you. Everyone's so happy. Otherwise, they <laughs> wouldn't get to listen to the joyousness that we spread out every week or so on this show. <laughs> Can't deprive the people of this awful That's show. <laughs> we got to keep it up for the people. And also here for the people and from... Uh, his own studio cave somewhere in the wilds of West St. Louis County is a man who swears he'll move to Evansville if Indiana Vasilev doesn't finalize a transfer deal between Aston Villa and St. Louis City. It is Sean Campbell. How are you today, Sean? Well, I, I mean, I'd say I'm pretty thrown out of whack just now finding out that apparently I've committed to upheaving my entire livelihood just, <laughs> just on the fact of whether or not someone will get signed or not. But hey. I, I guess I have to commit now. It seems pretty firm, but just on the off chance, I think you'll like Evansville. And uh, we got a big... <laughs> Nobody likes Evansville. <laughs> Somebody's going to disagree with you out there, Mason. Probably not listening to this show, though, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, but we got a big, 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 big show, actually, with a lot of exciting news. And uh, today is Wednesday. We're recording. Finally, we... Tried earlier, but it didn't work out because of technical difficulties. But that's great because today is the day that St. Louis City SC held the inaugural first team training session. And so it has all truly begun. You know, we've been doing this podcast now regularly for 18 months. And really, the first team has finally set foot together on a field as an MLS squad. It's very exciting. And uh, Tom Timmerman of St. Louis Today reports that uh, John Bell, Owen Mulmalley, John Klein, and Max Schneider were out for the first day of training due to injuries. They're all expected back within a couple of weeks. The aforementioned Indiana Vasilev was present in participating in training. We've got more news about him a little later in the show. And with Roman Berkey busy with media duties, St. Louis City 2's Michael Creek filled in to help with training as goalkeeper position. Nyabalo, boy, I got to work on that. And I did. Nyabulo Blom. Thank you. Was not present as he's still awaiting on a work permit. I'm going to struggle with that the entire time he's with City, aren't I? You better get used to it because I have a feeling he's going to be pretty important. I think so too. And I've been practicing, but you know. It just didn't work out the way I wanted to. <laughs> Remember, folks, um, it's preseason for us, too. <laughs> it's been preseason for it us is. for a year and a half. You'd think yeah. we'd get it eventually. <laughs> but it is our inaugural season. We are an expansion podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, it wasn't mentioned, so we're going to assume that uh, the one of the newest sightings for St. Louis City SC, Ben Lunt, uh, the goalkeeper that came over from USL's Phoenix Rising FC, uh, was in training today. He did come in with a two-year deal uh, with a one-option year. He did win USL Goalkeeper of the Year in 2020. He's uh, a veteran of the uh, second tier of U.S. soccer, including with Louisville City. We talked about him earlier. He's German-born, Hertha BSC Academy product. And as far as we can tell, 
There's no indication. Otherwise, he will not occupy one of those valuable international slots. Yeah, I think having been here for four years, I think he's got a green card or maybe even citizenship. Who knows? Or like, he's just he's an illegal up. alien and he slips in under the rug. That I way. feel like it'd be hard to be illegal and in MLS. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, know. Man. I don't know, man. I've seen uh, not naming a name, but uh, I have, in fact, heard of certain very well-known figures that uh, may or may not potentially actually be citizens and still living here when they shouldn't be. You mean like Alan Polito? (laughs) Close the borders. Yeah, no one with INS pays any attention to MLS. Everybody knows that. Um, Building a a border fence around every MLS stadium because I've become a psycho. (laughs) And uh, Ben Lump wasn't the only signing for the club. Uh, Caden Glover also signed as the first club-developed homegrown player. Caden is a 15-year-old from Columbia, Illinois. Go Southern Illinois, baby. Uh, He is a U.S. youth national team player. He has five caps and one goal with the U-15s. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really expecting a loan to St. Louis City 2 upcoming for him. Uh, He is signed to the first team, however. Uh, He has a five-year deal through the 2027 season. And has been with the uh, Academy's U-17s as well for City. And, uh, you know, I think everyone will agree to have an in-house developed homegrown before your very first MLS League match really says something about this squad, doesn't it? Yeah, I um, they teased his uh, a signing on Twitter with like really cryptic like voice message thing of him signing the contract, I guess. And... When it bro- when it came out the next day, everyone was like, all this hype and it's just for Caden Glover. But it is a pretty big deal to have a homegrown player signed on the first team. He's 15. I don't think he's going to get a lot of first team playing time, but it's still exciting. Oh, absolutely. It's not the big news we wanted, but it's exciting. Yeah, no, it's it may not have been what we expected or what we wanted with that big tease, but this is one of those big moments. It's one of those big firsts that we've Another one in a long line of firsts that we've experienced over the last year and a half, two years now almost, and um, every single one is just as important as the last, and this one's more of an on-pitch first. It's still big, um, just because we can show that there's there's proof of concept from the academy up through the actual first team, which will definitely, the more, the more homegrowns you bring in, the more players you can attract to join the academy to then hopefully play for the first team. It's it's all around great, and Caden Glover is a wonderful player from what I've seen. Uh, I mean, I, I only saw a few a couple of games uh, at at the academy in his in, in city two days, but he's still very much impressed, and it's very exciting to have him on the team. Yeah, it also says something to the power of the soccer talent uh, in the area. Uh, first of many, I think everyone expects St. Louis City to take advantage of the uh, youth soccer talent throughout the St. Louis area and uh, really focus on development. And, uh, you know, like you said, a 15-year-old, we don't expect him to get a lot of playing time in MLS. And quite honestly, if he does, we're probably in trouble, to be quite honest, (laughs) uh, with that. Also, moving ahead, uh, as we mentioned, Indiana Vasilev in the opening, uh, Manuel Vaith, the transfer market, was indicating on Twitter that sources have told him that the transfer of uh, 
Mr. Vasilev to St. Louis City is very close from Aston Villa. Uh, sources did tell him that a deal in principle has been agreed with. He was uh, picked in the expansion draft while on loan to Inter Miami from Austin Villa in the English Premier League. He was in-house on the training pitch uh, today for the first training session. That's a pretty good indication there that uh, they think something's going to come through very shortly. We're just waiting for an announcement. Uh, that's kind of exciting news. I think he's got something really to give to this team, whether as a starter or as I expect, a uh, rather impactful player off the bench that gets a lot of games uh, for City. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I would say so. And uh, it's um, promising that he was on the training pitch because you wouldn't think that they would have him on the training pitch just to ship him back to <laughs> Villa. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I mean, but but it's when it came to the draft um, or when after the expansion draft, Lutz even said, you know, we wouldn't have picked him if we didn't think we had a very, very good chance of, of getting him. So why would we why would we draft somebody that we couldn't realistically keep? Um, and I mean, we've seen time and time again that the people that Lutz has brought in, the players that he's brought in to put on the pitch have been uh, like surprises that come out of nowhere. And we're like, why did he do that? And, you know, they ended up being we ended up looking into it a little bit more and saying, OK, this is going to be a this, this person fits the system. We have to trust in Lutz. And um, I just I just hope that when when the players hit the pitch, we don't all get proven wrong. But uh, nothing has has led me to believe that Vasilev will not be in some way, shape, or form impactful because he's, he's already played in the league, he has experience, and he, I, I think he's going to be a great fit, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's an important cog. Uh, he's been able to make things happen and score some goals for Inter-Miami coming off of the bench mainly. Uh, it's something that looks like the club's really going to need. And... Uh, you know, young player, so many young players on this team. And with young players, you need somebody to coach them up. And uh, the first team coaching staff for St. Louis City SC was announced this week. And uh, who will be backing up head coach Bradley Carnell is a familiar name. Uh, one of the assistant coaches will be John Hackworth. He will also remain as director of coaching. Wait, anybody wait, else find that interesting? I was going to say, hold the phone. So he's going to be an assistant coach, but he's also going to be the coach of the coaches. This, <laughs> yes. What, I, could someone explain how this, like, what in the Habsburg relate, familial relationship is this? <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's, it's really simple to parse out. Uh, Bradley Carnell will be his boss while he remains Bradley Carnell's boss. Yeah. I'm interested Break. for some interesting uh, again, dynamics in the uh, technical area breaking, of this season. Breaking out the, the Holy Roman Empire Fruity Pebbles map to explain the coaching staff. <laughs> Once again, I reiterate, what in the Habsburg? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a two-headed triumvirate they've got working there. <laughs> We're just going to see how that works. <laughs> We've discovered that a coaching staff that is not dissimilar to a puzzle box is the optimum strategy. Oh, oh, so like the Millennium Puzzle. We're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! now? Okay, I'll go get my deck. It's sitting right here. Hold on a sec. Yeah, I'm going to be keeping my eye on that this season. Other uh, assistant coaches uh, named, and uh, I'm not very good at pronouncing these, John Migleresi as assistant coach continues, as does Elvir Kofetovich. 
Uh, also on the staff is Alec Langer. Alex Langer, excuse me. He's director of goalkeeping and will be the first team goalkeeping coach. He was for City 2. And uh, Jared Phillips was retained. He's the director of sports performance. All of these had already been with the club. Uh, there is uh, word out there that there may be another coach named uh, very shortly as well. So that's your squad. Uh, it's Seems all like just coming a, a lot of promotions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just finalizing what they had already really set up and, you know, getting the the MLS contracts instead of the MLS 2 contracts, essentially. Uh, yeah. I am glad to see Hack. Um, I think that he really wants to coach, so he's probably pretty happy he's on the coaching staff as well. Um, but yeah, I liked Hack uh, as City 2 coach, hated him as Lou City coach, which is a good sign. <laughs> um, so I think he'll do well there, too. And you really liked him when he showed up the tailgate and delivered beers to us all, too, didn't you? <laughs> that was very cool, yes. <laughs> Not to be forgotten. Also, you know, the hits just kept coming today. It's going to be a busy next couple of months leading into that uh, first match down in Austin. Uh, player jersey numbers, some of them, were released today. Uh, just a couple of highlights here. He's number one in your hearts, number one between the pipes, and he'll be wearing number one. It's Roman Berkey. Uh, Thomas Ostrak will be number seven. Joachim Nielsen will carry the four. Jao Klaus with the nine, which I'm pretty certain that's what he was wearing with City 2. Uh, Edward Leuven gets the coveted number 10 jersey. Uh, some of the ones you're familiar with from time at City 2. Celio Pompeo will be 12. Josh Yoro for uh, 15, excuse me. Uh, Samuel Pedro will take 17. Uh, Akil Watts with 20. Kyle Hebert will wear the 22. And uh, someone we expect to be big with the club, I, uh, Tim Parker, will be wearing the 26. Uh, we'll have a link to the tweet that gives a listing of what the club put out earlier today in the show notes. Any other numbers stand out to you? It's just not that, you know, Nothing to have any full-fledged, uh, real hard feelings about, is it, your yeah, jersey numbers? not really. Nerwinski at two is kind of surprising to me, though. Well, where does Nerwinski play again? He's a fullback. Oh, then that makes complete and total sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the numbering convention started out, you know, because back in the, the early days of, of the footy, a little bit of a history lesson for y'all, um, it stuck with it in rugby, but your number was your position on the field, which is why when we say the number nine, we're talking about a center forward. So usually your striker ends up playing, you know, it has the number nine because that's, you know, they're they're the big guy everyone knows, you know, to look for the nice just tradition that stayed through. Um, but they also started numbering out from the back. So your number one was you was your keeper and then the lower numbers were your back line and then your midfields and your forwards. Um, and then the numbers above 11 would have been your substitutes. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as odd to see the lower numbers along the back and then into the midfield. Yeah. It's not so much positioning. It's just, it's Nerwinski who was a pretty quiet pickup for us. Wasn't a big splash, but we don't really have any big splash fullbacks. So, yeah, but I, I fully expect that if he's taken the number two, he's probably going to be playing a majority of those minutes along that back line. Yeah, um, it's it's usually pretty well established unless someone is a well established player wearing a number like twenty three, like um, 
isn't there a guy that used to wear number 23 all the time that now owns a, a club in MLS or am I blanking on that? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Michael no, Jordan, I, I, could you possibly mean? <laughs> I don't know. He may have, I, I think, you know what? He, you, you might actually know him better as the man who married one of the Spice Girls. I think that would be a better, you know, the, the biggest thing that he ever did in his entire life. <laughs> uh, but no, usually if you're going to see a lower number, you're probably going to see a lot of them at least starting, starting out um, in those first few months because that's just usually how it works. Yeah, interesting. Pedro didn't take a lower number. Uh, just noticed, but uh, otherwise, I'm not. There's not a lot to put into uh, much of this. Uh, nah. Bloom will be carrying the six. That's kind of what we expect him to play. Uh, that fits. Uh, and expecting him to get a lot of minutes too. I think he's going to be absolutely. a big piece of that midfield. Yeah, I, I think everyone does. Uh, their whiskey also may have been a low level signing, but uh, proven MLS veteran. He'll get playing time. It's part of the reason why I think the back line and the defense is really the heart of this team and uh, what will keep them somewhat competitive this season as the team is built thus far. We're still a three weeks at least um, of windows to go through. Uh, there's plenty of time to pick up more. We're just getting started in the uh, off-season signings for MLS. Also kind of... Uh, Past the time now, but uh, Tyson Pierce and Fritz Volmar of uh, the City Academy were called up to U.S. Youth National Team camps. Pierce is, as we speak, um, participating in his first Youth National Team camp for the U-16s. Uh, that'll be going on until January 13th. He previously played in the U-17 Generation Adidas Cup qualifying in December, and Volmar is with the U19 camp for the second time in his career. He'll be there until January 14th. So that's good news. Very good news. Uh, already for a team that's not even playing MLS, the Academy is putting out youth national team members. What a cool. Always like to see it. I always like to see it. And also, if you if this news wasn't enough to get you excited that it's really, really happening, St. Louis, uh, the preseason schedule has been announced as well. And to give us a rundown on that is our own producer, Mason. It's me. Um, so you guys already know about the uh, the training has started. They're in camp. They're at the stadium. And then on the 21st through the 28th, they're going to be in Florida. And they've got three closed doors, three closed door games there against Charlotte, Philly, and Inter Miami. And then in February, from the 8th through the 15th, City has three games at the Coachella Valley Invitational uh, versus LA Galaxy on the 8th, against Vancouver on the 12th, and NYCFC on the 15th. Pretty sure that these games will not be streamed or available to watch unless you go to the event. So if you happen to have two thousand extra dollars lying around to get the VIP pass and go out to Coachella, <laughs> then you could watch these games. But for the rest of us, we're just gonna have to wait for results. And then they come back to City. Um, and then February eighteenth is the last preseason game. It is a closed door game against Atlanta at City Park. I wonder if there's any way we could, you know potentially sneak our way in there there's always <laughs> well, <laughs> a way if you try hard enough 
Yeah, from the ill-fated last time we tried to record this segment, Chris mentioned <laughs> trying to get a pass on the wheel. Yeah. And putting oh, a man, stick it's a in shame because that joke was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's right now it's closed door. It's what you expect from preseason game matches in MLS. See if anything changes, but that's what we have. <laughs> See how cold it is on February 18th. And that'll only be a week ahead of the start of the MLS season. The first MLS season for St. Louis City SC. We're so excited. It's getting close. Is anyone else's heart palpitating? Because uh, mine mine is uh, starting to pick up. I think my blood pressure might be sitting at, uh, you know, about 180 over 120 now. I think you might need to go and see a doctor. I don't have, you know, it would it would be cheaper to go watch these games at Coachella than it would be to go to the doctor. <laughs> hey, uh, this is such truth. a normal and working country we live in. Yes. And that's a... Roundup of a lot of very exciting St. Louis City SC news. And um, as we've been speaking, words come in from various sources that, yes, the Indiana Vasilev deal has completed, should be announced shortly. And uh, Sean's very thankful because he didn't really want to move to Evansville. That would have been a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of money. And do, do I really And then you'd have to, to live Indiana? in Evansville. Yeah. Do I really want to live in Indiana? At least you're staying with River Towns. That's good. That's, that'd be a good thing. But uh, also for everyone so excited, and people are all over the place uh, getting very excited. Even casual fans about the upcoming MLS season, the start of St. Louis City SC. Uh, part of that will be that uh, where they'll be able to find games if they weren't able to secure season tickets and where we can watch the away matches that we don't travel to. Uh, and that's going to be on Apple TV with the big 10-year deal for big money that MLS managed to sign with them. Uh, starting out production the first thing this year. You know, don't have high expectations, but uh, they're supposedly going to roll out a whole heck of a lot of MLS content that we've never seen from any of the other providers of MLS um, streaming video and games and things like that, uh, wraparounds, pregame shows, uh, a lot of other features that'll be coming on. And uh, they did release recently some, but not all, but some of uh, the on-air talent that will be on Apple TV for the streaming deal for MLS matches. And the uh, first one is, you know, really not that uh, surprising, but it kind of... He le he's leaving a good job to join this, and that's our own St. Louis's own Taylor Twellman will be doing Apple TV deals, uh, broadcasting on air. Uh, he'll be in an, an analysis, as will Marisa Do, who has been with Fox Sports for quite some time. Moadu. Also, uh, Marcella Balboa, U.S. Men's National Team legend and longtime analyst for the Colorado Rapids. Uh, here's a name, Sasha Kleschen, who last year plied his trade coming off the bench for the LA Galaxy and did work with Fox Sports during the 2022 World Cup, has joined the team. Sebastian Latou, he's been a French language anal analyst for the Philadelphia Union for years. Uh, a couple of debutantes coming in, 
Bradley Wright Phillips will debut on TV as a studio analyst for the Whip Around show that'll give us a chance to watch all of the MLS games in one place, which is nice. Looking forward to that. And former Portland Timbers legend Diego Valeri returns to MLS in the form as a Spanish-language studio analyst. Uh, Good to see Diego Valeri coming back. Uh, Also on the list is... uh, other names that you should know but might not know as well as those is uh, Kendra St. Aubin, a long time uh, working in television, most recently with Minnesota United FC. Uh, Lori Lindsay, who has also worked in many jobs, lately been a sideline reporter for Nashville SC. And Danielle Slayton, if you don't recognize the name, you might recognize her claim to fame. In 2018, she made history as part of the first all-female broadcast team for Fox. So these look to be your analysts, and not all of them, unless they're working multiple games. And since one of the deals with uh, uh, Apple was that there'll be a set time when all the games are played, mostly on uh, evenings on Wednesdays and Saturdays at 7.30 local time for all of the matches, we expect some more names, but these are the ones we have for analysts. And what do you guys think about this list? Hey, it's pretty good, but this better not be all of them because it's really light <laughs> if this is everyone. Well, yeah, initial thoughts. My initial thought was, yeah, we need more people. But then I realized, you know, if they're listed as analysts, these are probably people that are going to be doing like, it, you know, like uh, halftime stuff, pregame stuff, postgame stuff. They're probably going to be in a studio. They're not going to be in the actual booth calling games. This might just and- be your your panel of of former players and people that are all around, you know, know the sport inside and out and talk back and forth in depth as opposed to actually play-by-playing and color commentary. Well, and that's one of the problems. We haven't gotten to play-by-play yet, but the play-by-play list is even slimmer. And there's some uh, expected names that aren't on that list. So, you know, they're just starting out, probably getting contracts finalized and all that. Uh, Some of these are actually already listed as going to be studio hosts. Um, especially like Bradley Wright Phillips and Diego Valeri's listed that way. Uh, The host of uh, however it's going to work, which we're not really sure of, uh, Liam McHugh, uh, currently is actually the studio host at Turner Sports for the NHL and has worked with NBCSN for the Premier League studio host. You got Jillian Sakovitz uh, has been doing a similar role with Fox Sports South and ESPN. And Tony Churchy uh, going to be doing, has worked with the ESPN, Univision, and Tubi will be working as a Spanish language host and an analyst. One thing to keep in mind, how many people they're going to have to hire is they're going to be doing Spanish language and, of course, the French for Montreal. Uh, so there's a lot more names that are going to be added to this. But... Uh, that's the host for play-by-play. Uh, one big name stands out is Mac, Max Bratos. Has uh, been doing play-by-play for LAFC recently. Has uh, been in the sport for a long time, both on ESPN and Fox Sports. Uh, Steve Congelosi, who's been working with uh, Red Bulls New York. Uh, Jake Zivin with Fox Sports. Pablo Ramirez with Univision. And Frederick Lord has been uh, the CF Montreal French language play-by-play man. It will carry that on with Apple TV. Ho, ho, ho. My name Frederic Lord. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, just the, that's purely for the people in Quebec. 
Hey, Quebec. (laughs) There's some uh, good names out there that you kind of perhaps have watched if you followed it on uh, ESPN Plus and seen one that comes to mind is Brian Dunseth with the Real Salt Lake as a, you know, color commentator. Don't see him on the list. Uh, He just pops to mind. Uh, Adrian Healy. Uh, There's quite a few and uh, expect to see if they can come to terms with them, especially since it seems like ESPN is backing down from a lot of their soccer coverage, especially domestically. And that's probably the reason why Taylor Twellman has moved on from ESPN. His opportunities to ply his trade are probably not looking that great in the upcoming future. Kind of surprised to see Marisa do uh, coming over from Fox. I imagine that he'll still be with them uh, for national team broadcasts as Fox has taken over a lot of those from ESPN. I wonder if Taylor Twellman will also have that opportunity with ESPN in the future as well, if need be. Where's my guy from Inter Miami? Where's what's his face? Ray Hudson. I want my guy. Yeah, I want Ray Hudson. Where's my guy? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people be wondering about Ray Hudson. We'll have to see. He's got opportunities to work all over the world for sure. We'll see where his future lies. What I'm interested in most is actually how this is how these this is going to work out when it comes to like say a national TV broadcast because it looked like the TV deal still had a couple of games slated for Fox and a couple of games that could potentially be on ESPN are some of these people going to be like quote unquote loaned out for those broadcasts like uh, will Twelman do any television deals with ESPN or you know any television games with ESPN or is he strictly on the Apple TV side? Um, that's going to be an interesting thing to see for sure. Uh, just because is ESPN really going to hold on to Stu Holden and John Strong and all those guys strictly for like one or two games a season, or are they going to be repurposed somewhere else? Or are they coming over to Apple TV? Those that's going to be interesting for sure. You mean those guys with Fox? But uh, understand Fox, sorry. your point. <laughs> uh, we don't know yet. Also, will these announcers be team based? Or are they going to rotate out? I think uh, most interested interested observers would like to see these announcers play-by-play and caller commentary uh, continue on from the team through the season so they get to know the teams better and are able to actually give us better analysis that way. Uh, but yeah. uh, not 100% sure on that. Uh, it's something I'm interested in. I'll keep my eye on and we'll see how everything goes. Uh, in yeah. the future, there's going to be a it lot a, more. That was a problem with um with Apple TV's uh MLB coverage, which was a much smaller project. It's not. It wasn't the whole team. It was a couple of games, but they only had one crew. But they rotated between the games, um, and just yeah, they, you know the crew was fine, but they weren't like dedicated casters for those teams, so going to be kind of disappointing if we don't have our guys you know the 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 announcers and the the analysts that stick with a team the whole season yes um, i think everybody feels that way uh there's a lot of games a lot of uh they're pretty ambitious in what they want to cover including mls next pro uh giving that uh, and mls next yeah uh they did that last year with certain announcers Probably like that because MLS is in charge of the production end of this, according to the agreement, not Apple TV. So 
uh, talking to what you were saying, Sean, it is fully understandable that Taylor Twelman, Maurice Adu, uh, all the national team, Univision guys, uh, all are just on loan to MLS production for this. Uh, but since there's no MLS coverage or very little that we're expecting to come out, uh, we'll just have to see if they're going to be on the national pro- uh, national uh, broadcast, if that package does get announced. And uh, if these guys like Taylor Twelman and Maurice Adu wanted regular games and have a regular voice every week rather than just waiting here and there when they have the opportunity. That I don't know yet. It's something to keep an eye on. Very interested in that. Much to consider. <laughs> Much to consider. And they're also talking about, you know, each team putting out uh, two-minute uh, little profiles of all the players that they'll run continuously uh, throughout the season. So get used to seeing the same content over and over as they fill blocks of time. Uh, and they're also going to have their pregame shows for every team, is my understanding, for every match, which is something that uh, MLS fans have been holler- hooting and hollering for for a very, very long time. And they're going to Absolute need personnel swine. to do that. Yeah. And uh, probably a lot of local people be involved with that uh, pregame show for the local team uh, is my you know, what I suspect will happen, but uh, don't have any definitive information on that. Mm-hmm. Would love to see some homers actually be involved in this production process. Oh, yes. I mean, as, as as much as, you know, when you're watching a game as a neutral fan, you want an unbiased, you know, production crew and announcing team. There's something to be said about listening to a homer call a game and, and they just seem to get more excited about things in general because they don't have to save some of it and spread it out across the game. They can actually just get really excited at the really exciting moments and actually be a little bit upset when things don't go the way of the home team. That's it's, it's fun to watch and I really enjoy that, but I hope that doesn't go completely away with this. Mm. Yeah. Announcers being a true Homer. uh, uh, I'm not a big fan of that, but somebody that's around the team on a day to day basis and knows everything and gets excited and sends that out is different than a national team uh, broadcasting unit that just comes in and pops in for like a national game of the week, doesn't really know the team that well. Uh, They do their background, but it's not the same as being there. Yeah, you want the local guys. They're so important uh, to spreading the message and getting out the word on everything. Now, when uh, St. Louis City for those of us that have season tickets, we're going to be at the games and the matches. Even if they do have local personnel, where those matches uh, on the road that we'll be able to see, will those be covered by the home team announcers and not split up, you know, with local announcers for each one? That's something to keep in mind. I don't expect that. So if they do have, you know, club announcers, you expect for uh, cities road games to be announced actually by the announcers for the other team. And that's something to keep in mind and see how that progresses as we go forward. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because um, on the one hand, you're not going to have like, you know, two production crews at every game anymore, um, like for each local broadcast. But that also means that you're probably only going to get one broadcasting team entirely if they're if they're even actually delegated out per team and not just rotating through any other thoughts on the uh this information that we have on apple tv there's more to come 
There's been some other things leaked out, uh, but not officially announced. And keeping my eye on it, uh, I'm always interested in following the broadcast trends and things like this. So I'll keep an eye on it for that, for everyone, everybody in the whole world. (laughs) Whether you want it or whether you want me to or not. (laughs) No one will listen to me anyway. So, yeah, sure. I'll do well, it. obviously, people are listening to you, Mike. Otherwise, we wouldn't have people coming back every week to listen to our drivel week in and week out. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who are dedicated listeners, I simply must ask, why? <laughs> why do you do this to yourself and give yourself the emotional damage of listening to us three idiots spout our worthless nonsense on the internet for free? Unfounded Can we at least rumors, make it not for free anymore? Dribble. Where's my free beer? Every, were, every week we, we we sit down to record an hour and a half of us just going and hitting ourselves in the head with hammers. They're, they've really got a full understanding of our raison d'etre. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> but uh, enough of this jocularity. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here for this uh, episode. But uh, first, we wanted to touch upon... Uh, some player movement in MLS. There's a lot going on. We're not going to go through the whole list. Things are happening very quickly. And uh, we'll be doing conference previews a little closer to the start of the season. We'll cover a lot of them. But there have been some uh, retirements. And uh, we especially want to hit on those because they're not going to change before the season starts. And to give us a rundown Uh-oh. on some of this. We'll <laughs> Never have, count out uh, touchdown, Tom. <laughs> Wrong football, Mason. Wrong football. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody can become MLS's touchdown, Tom. Landon Donovan comes out of retirement six years after he retires. <laughs> <laughs> How do you have a touchdown Tom in soccer? Well, the the touchdown Tom rule, which institutes touchdowns. Okay, to get us out of this mess, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Sean Campbell uh, give, go give us a rundown of some of uh, the retirements that have happened recently in MLS. Yeah, uh, just to give, just to cover a couple of big names that that have recently hung up the boots for for good. Um, starting off with one that we we all kind of knew was coming from international football, but I didn't really expect it to be from club football. Uh, Gareth Bale announces his retirement from professional soccer. Period. Uh, not just international, but also at the club level. Um, goes out on arguably the highest note he possibly could, short of actually winning the World Cup with Wales. Uh, but this is because he won the Club World Cup with MLS, basically winning a trophy at every league he's ever played in, except for EPL. But that's you know, we won't get into that one. Um, but he led Wales to their most impressive year, like most impressive cycle since what this the fifties. The 40s, something like that. It's been 64 years since they made it to the World Cup and they make their first appearance on the back of Gareth Bale's incredible performance. Um, won the World, won the Club Club Cup with uh, LAFC. We all remember that one. Didn't exactly have a stellar last year at the club, but, you know, he only had three goals and 13 appearances. But, you know, we weren't exactly expecting him to play much anyway because he didn't play much the last few years at his previous club. Uh, still sad to see someone of this caliber retire and hang him up just because of what he could do on the pitch. Um, it had been what 18 years, 17 year long career for him. So he's got a lot to, a lot to remember fondly. And I'm, I'm sure we all wish him the best in retirement. You know, for the few touches he had at LAFC, he will forever 
forever be in their lore and in MLS lore for one particular touch at the very death of an MLS Cup final that turned a very exciting match into a legendary one. And for that, we will remember him in MLS for a very long time. Well, and also now you don't have to worry about getting his name wrong all the time. Christian? <laughs> Call him Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist, he joins the Apple TV crew, and now we have to talk about him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike, you know, much like somebody else on our list, right? I was going to say, speaking of. <laughs> oh, I, I figure we give him the final send-off. I was going to go ahead and jump to a different former EPLer. Um, and Christian Fuchs also hangs up the boots after a 19-year career for um, ended up playing only one year in MLS with Charlotte FC, but <laughs> he was their Fuchs, captain. Fuchs off. <laughs> he was their captain for that that exciting season. Um, they missed out on the playoffs, but he, you know, having a captain in your first year, it's still pretty important. Uh, you may remember him best for his historic season at, at the club season at Leicester City when they won the Premier League trophy after freshly getting promoted. Um, don't say goodbye to him just yet completely because he will be staying on with Charlotte and being on their assistant coaching staff. Um, but wish him the best in his, in his ventures is joining the, the coaching side of things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it had long been expected that he would move to MLS, uh, because his wife's in New York, she's got a business there. He's got his no Fuchs given brand that he promotes and it's been going on for a while. Uh, but Giving up what he had at Leicester City took a long time, and he got over at the very end of his career. But it's exciting to see he's going to still be in MLS. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of ways to talk to the kids, and uh, especially the young ones who are too young to remember when Leicester City won the Premier League. Let that sink in for a moment. Oh God, that hurt my that that okay. My knees are acting up. Um, I'm getting old here, folks. Uh, Sean has to take a leave of absence from the podcast for having old disease. <laughs> I'm not that old, okay? But one the one, disease that makes you old. <laughs> enough of that silliness. We've got one last send off, and I wanted to save this one for last because this is the most impactful to the league. Um, and, and American soccer as a whole, as we now, as we mentioned earlier, Sa Sasha question is hanging up the boots and he's going to be joining the Apple TV crew, um, just to give a quick, quick, uh, overview of his act of his career started all the way back in 2006 with the now defunct Chivas USA. Uh, he ended up moving to Anderlecht in the Belgian super league in what was it? 2010, I believe he spent five seasons there. Uh, had 180 appearances for them, scored 25 goals, 21 assists, won three Belgian Super League titles, won four Belgian Super Cup trophies, had 52 appearances for the U.S. men's national team. He came back in 2015 to MLS uh, and played for New York Red Bulls, helped them win a shield there, went to Orlando in 2018 and was their captain for a year, went to the Galaxy in 2020 and was very important in their midfield for a couple years. He had a bit of an bit of a you know drop in playing time this past season but was still important to them all in all he scored 46 goals 103 assists over 348 games including playoffs and mls he will go down as having the most assists in a season and also all time for 
uh, Red Bulls New York at 51 in his short time there. Uh, he was best 11 in 2008 and 2016. He was also selected the all-star team in 2016. Best of luck to Sasha, and I, I, I wish him all the best, and I hope that mustache keeps on growing. Yeah, when he came back to the New York Red Bulls, he had some seasons there that were astounding. Uh, just putting up numbers out of that midfield with assists that he was just fantastic. His ability to uh, take that team, get the ball through everyone, and get it to Bradley Wright Phillips uh, to score all those goals. He was astounding. And, yes, that facial hair will long live in the lore of MLS. We're going to miss that. Lots mustache. of lore today, huh? Lots of lore. That happens when you talk about people that retire. When you remember uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, when you remember guys who are no longer going to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple other notes on transfers. Uh, interesting story coming out that uh, Sporting Kansas City made a real serious effort to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, but they lost out to the uh, club in Saudi Arabia. Uh, what do you think of that as a former Sporting KC fan, Sean? Uh, a how would he sporting addict. Yeah. Could he have got that number from Johnny Russell, and could they have possibly lived together if he had signed with Sporting KC? Oh, I, I don't think those two would have worked well together at all. Not at all. Um, just knowing what I know about about the two of them, um, I know that Ronaldo he he seems a bit more about himself and not as much about the team. Uh, JFR no. is very much a a team guy, a hard work, gritty, nose to the grindstone, hard working kind of guy. It's all about the team. Uh, put everything you have out on the field at all times. There's no walking from that man whatsoever when he's on the pitch. Uh, that's just the two of them, but I do not think that Ronaldo would have worked well with PV at all. Peter Vermees would have benched his ass in a heartbeat, <laughs> and then they would have had to cancel his contract. <laughs> Although I will give I will give credit where credit is due. KC did everything in their power and really, really pulled out all the stops. They even they were this close to having having Patrick Mahomes come out and say, yeah, you should come here and play here. It's a great town. It's a great city and really sell the club. Then again, I mean, he is technically a part owner of the club and also just recently bought stake in uh, Kansas City Current. So now he is <laughs> an owner of two teams and plays on a third. So he's just he's Mr. Football in that town now. Uh, but no, it, it, I don't think he would have meshed very well with the personalities at that club. I don't. He may have fit the system and fit a need that they had, but I, I don't think it would have worked out at all. Side, side note, we've done it. We found we found soccer's touchdown, Tom. It's Pat Mahomes. <laughs> there you go. Patrick Mahomes off-seasons as, as an MLS player. And since we've wrapped that lingering thought up, it's time to wrap up this show. But a couple of more things to keep an eye on in MLS. Uh, very much seems apparent that Joseph Martinez, one of the greatest strikers in MLS history, is going to be cut loose by Atlanta United, who's been shedding a lot of uh, a lot of salary and a lot of players since uh, Garth Lagerwey joined as president. Uh, Inter Miami supposedly is very interested in picking up Joseph Martinez for their team, and also something that uh, came across today to keep in touch. Uh, Lucho 
uh, with FC Cincinnati. Uh, Lucho Acosta seems to have a ton of international suitors. And can FC Cincinnati hold on to him in that case? If not, everything we saw that was so impressive from FC Cincinnati could fall to pieces as they try to live up to that second season. Uh, We're going to see more and more intriguing lines coming through as we go through and we'll do our conference um, previews and go through the big changes for all the clubs. The preseason crucible returns. Yes, uh, we'll do that a little closer to the start of the season. Any other thoughts, any other uh, things to say, folks, before we wrap up this show? I'm very happy it worked. Mason, I think it's time you ex- get on the uh, the what's the word looking for the commissioner duties of the fantasy league and start expanding slots so we can have more people join. Yeah, I guess we got to look into that because it's coming up pretty soon, huh? Oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to go full tilt this year. <laughs> Where should I place the next expansion team in the fantasy league? <laughs> <laughs> and and for the grace of God, I hope I. Uh play all season long and don't forget about it after i spend a week in the hospital let's let's just hope you don't spend another week in the hospital (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i I hope if you forget about it it's for a different reason (laughs) yeah me you and me both you and me both but uh i think that'll wrap it up and uh you know i'm your host mike turner i'm your producer mason and i'm your resident cave dwelling hooligan sean and we are the soccer capital podcast thanks for listening Bye for now.